0: I thought, I thought we did a lot of good things.
1: You obviously don't understand Nebraska football.
2: You don't understand Nebraska football. No. Man. If you're okay with that, you don't understand Nebraska f-
1: football. I mean, I think Josh is ready to say Scott Frost, you- you're a clown. You're you are a clown. I guess that'd be you. Are you ready to call? Are you ready to call Scott Frost a clown, Matt? Schick? I
2: should. I yeah. should after. After that display, which offers no hope for the next year, no hope for the next 10 years, my nope. Husker blood would be boiling right now. My Husker blood is boiling. <laughs> All right, Josh. <laughs> is there a more cliche Nebraska fan saying, stereotypical saying, than a Husker fan saying, as Josh did 10 years ago, my Husker blood is boiling right now? My Husker blood is boiling right now. Oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, Oscar no. To answer your question, right no. Oh, there's there's not. That is just perfect. It's perfect. I mean, there's a lot of boiling going on. A lot of boiling happening right now. Boiling. Boiling. Okay.
2: All right, Josh. Boiling. All right, fine. Oh. That's enough. That's enough. Um, well, here we are, and uh, I guess we'll dive right into it. How about Penn State, huh? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Would you rather be Nebraska and just get waxed in the second half or would you rather have what happened to Penn State happen to you? Oh boy. What do you like you you competed, right? Yeah. You competed at the college level. I did not. I could have turned down many
1: scholarships. <laughs> said, you know what, you I just want to pay Klatt. my own way. You you could have been catching passes from Joel Klatt at Colorado. It could have happened, you know? Could
2: have. Decided not to. Decided against it. Wanted to take the media route. Wanted to watch the game, not play yeah. the game, just for my own personal safety. But, uh, goodness gracious, like, I, we'll get into the Huskers here, but uh, I think I everyone mean, wants to know your take on the Penn state indiana Well,
1: finish. I mean... I think the most interesting part. There, there are a bunch of interesting parts of that Penn State Indiana game. I mean, the final, the final, the final two minutes in overtime were there was like sixty six unbelievable things that occurred. Right. <laughs> the thing that I couldn't get past is what the hell happened on Indiana's kickoff after they went for two and got it. What was? Were they trying to squib and he like shanked it like? Matt Schick and Nick Baugh at Corey Oaks once upon a time? Or, like, what, what happened?
2: You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, and if there are Husker fans out there who remember this, and you can feel me on this, I believe it was the year 2000 in Lincoln, Nebraska. I was sitting there watching the game. Uh, Colorado goes up, goes for two. Javon Green catches the football for the two-point conversion. They go up and take the lead. By one, they went for two in the lead. They got the lead. And then I don't know if it was Jeremy Aldrich; I can't remember, but they did a, they did a squib. They tried to do a squib and he squibbed it almost to midfield and they had like 10 seconds left. So then he throws, you know, has a quick throw to Bobby Newcomb and, you know, Crouch does that. And then, and then, and then what happened? Josh, Josh Brown kicks the game winning field goal. And I just walked out of there going, do we, why are we
1: squibbing? Well, I was Seriously, going. I just the stress—the stress for that Indiana kicker on the Penn State fifty-one-yard field goal, or whatever <laughs> what a, what it was—that would have won it in regulation. I mean, I could I, his 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 Hoosier blood was boiling. My Husker blood is boiling. Right I was
2: going to set up that drop with my Hoosier. <laughs> my Hoosier blood is
1: boiling right now, and you totally S- <laughs> okay, to okay, dude. Uh, the question is. What was the quarterback's name for Indiana? Uh, <laughs> be careful here, Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix. The question. The question is, and your question is your suggestion on the question, dude.
0: <laughs> and your question is,
1: <laughs> what you know? What actually, I d- I don't even want to ask you, Shik. I'm going to ask Greg Sharp. The question is, for Michael Penix, when he stuck that that ball out, was it a touchdown or was it not a touchdown? Was it a touchdown or was it not a touchdown? I think it's a touchdown. Upon further review, it's a touchdown.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine
1: what that booth would have been like? Oh. It's either a touchdown or it's not a touchdown. <laughs> Make a decision on whether or not it's a touchdown. I think it's a touchdown. Matt doesn't think it's a touchdown, but I think it's a touchdown. And Indiana's gonna win a football game. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Greg Sharp's incredible. got no time for indecisive decisions on whether or not something <laughs> no. was a touchdown or not. No,
2: he he's quick like, to declare. It, it was a like touchdown. Sunday. The same thing. The same thing happened with with the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. So when. when <laughs> When, so when Penn State and Indiana when they're playing, right? Indiana could have won the game by just completing a pass to Hendershot, whoever his, his name is, the receiver over the middle. He drops the ball, so they have to kick it away. Penn State comes down, long pass play, touchdown,
1: touchdown, touchdown. touchdown. I think it was a touchdown.
2: Okay, so Penn State gets <laughs> Penn State gets a touchdown, and then Indiana gets the ball back. But then it's like fourth and long. They have to go for it. 90 seconds to go. They go for it. Don't get it. It's a turnover on downs. It's
1: a turnover on downs.
2: (laughs) Okay. Penn State takes over. And I tweeted out, as soon as that happened, I go, I better get to this quick because I'm very smart at football. (laughs) I tweeted, Indiana needs to let Penn State score now. And I emphasized it by saying they need to let Penn State score, period, now, period. Whoa. Soak it up. Next play, Indiana did the ole! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right? yeah. This was, this was Terrell Davis scoring against the
1: Packers. Let him go because we got to get the ball back. Yeah. Okay? We have to get the ball back. They asked Jack Shepard's opinion in the booth. Jack, what do you think? What's your strategy? We have to get the ball back. We have to go back. All right. So, Penn State
2: scores. You could tell the – the running back
1: yes. was hesitant. He, he's like, ooh, this looked too easy. This he looks was like, like a whoa, well, something doesn't quite smell right here. <laughs> he didn't know I'm what usually, to do. I'm usually
2: hit very hard on the way to the end zone. This, this is was very a little easy. too easy. They let him score. He could have gotten the first down. He could have gotten the first down,
1: but he got a touchdown instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only time you should have just taken a first down, and that's a touchdown.
2: And so he gets the he gets the touchdown, and then Indiana gets the ball, and now they've got time. They go down, score two point conversion, overtime. Penn State scores. Indiana says, "You know what? We're going to go for the touchdown and the two point conversion." And they do, and they get it, and they win. And you just go, "How can you let that happen?" Like even Mike Riley's like, "That's egregious." <laughs> he had the game in the bag. That's
1: I don't egregious. Understand. How you do that. Should have given the ball to Divino Zigbu. what you should have done. Remember what I did at Illinois.
2: I mean, I obviously wanted to help out Lovey Smith. Ninety eight so, win percent probability. So Todd Gurley scores on Sunday. He scores a touch. He scores a touchdown he scored a accidentally. Touchdown. Accidental touchdown. Detroit comes down and scores and they win the game. This this is the microcosm of 2020. The last one with the football wins. Yeah. It's offense. It's offense. So keep it's the game of keep away now in football where you just have to, you know, the game of keep away. You gotta keep it away. You
1: have to. It's right in the it's right in the title of it. But it is amazing. That game oh. was bananas. And yeah, you, I mean you just bounce around the league. Northwestern. I mean, cue up Bill Snyder on f- fanny waxings for what happened <laughs> to Maryland. Get ready for a lot of saliva from Bill Snyder. All right, here we go.
2: Bill Snyder with his take on that game. I told him we just got our fannies waxed. <laughs> <laughs> oh you, could, you know what it is? It's the static and the sound bite, but it sounds like his lips are stuck together with saliva. I told him we just got our fannies waxed.
1: Oh. Just juicy-mouthed right there.
2: I told him we just got our fannies waxed. He just took
1: a bite of, like, a buffalo wing or something. It was like, Bill Snyder.
2: You know, when you're going to go to the beach, I told him I just got my chest waxed. I told him we just got our fannies waxed.
0: (laughs)
1: Oh, God, it just makes me feel uncomfortable when I hear him say that. So dumb. And then Michigan... To Minnesota, I mean, what do you think P.J. Fleck said after the game?
2: I told him we just got our fannies waxed.
1: You know, and then obviously, uh, you know, Michigan State's had a tumultuous offseason. They lose to <laughs> Rutgers. Let's get a live look at Mel Tucker's postgame locker room.
2: I told him we just got our fannies waxed. Here's the deal. Rutgers and Ohio State. <laughs> Rutgers and Ohio State. Next week. We'll compete, not against one another, but we'll compete with first place in the Big Ten East on the line. Oh, get, just
1: like we all Welcome. thought it. You know? I mean, it's the Noah Vedro factor. That's what it is. When you it got is. Vedra on your team, anything's possible. I'm you ignore Vedro,
2: with scoreboard watching going, hmm. Hmm. I'm going gonna, gonna to call all my uh, Husker former Husker teammates and tell them they just got their fannies waxed. <laughs> I told them we just got our fannies waxed. <laughs> <laughs> <It's ridiculous. laughs> you would have made a lot of money. And that, you know, Noah Federal would get his first win at Rutgers before Nebraska did. would have been like,
1: huh? What? Who? I'll bet you on that one, when? you know. So anyway, that's I guess your we'll, go Ten update.
2: we'll go back. That's your, that's your Big Ten update. That's uh, your Big Ten update with all the scores. But, of course, we need to get to the one that uh, everyone has been uh, talking about and focusing on. That's, of course, you know, Wisconsin waxed Illinois. I told him we just got our fannies waxed.
1: Um Grand
2: so boy. by the way, the Graham Mertz story is really he interesting. Uh,
1: he merged it.
2: Okay, I just wanna I just wanna confirm that you just did a he missed it. Yeah. Oh yeah. With a he merged it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it works.
2: Okay. I like it. I like it. It's it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, so the COVID test he mer- he merged it, he merged it. Oh, oh we got him might have a little COVID. You missed it. You went over your head
1: then. Yeah. Oh,
0: it went over my head. Yeah.
2: Okay. So uh we hope for Graham's sake that it comes back uh negative, that it's a false positive. We we hope that. This is one of those things that you just say, here here, here we are in twenty twenty, where if you test positive, you're out for twenty one days and now Wisconsin's going, Well, I guess maybe Yes, maybe this isn't what we thought it would be. This is not, uh, this is not ideal. Like I, I'm going to, I'm just going to assume and I hope that it comes back that that's not the case because it's just not, it's not good for anybody. If Graham Mertz is sidelined for 21 days, yeah, it's great for Nebraska and their chances of winning this week. uh, if, If that's the case, but. Like, you know, the integrity of the sport, the yes. the Big Ten, and just the optics of everything, and the requirement of sitting 21 days. Like, we were sitting here
1: talking about, it, like, as soon as there's a big name that has to sit, they're going to go, what are we doing? Right. What the heck are we doing? Right. Wisconsin starting quarterbacks out for now ha- pretty much half of the year. Right. Are you kidding me? And the question I have is is you, you really start to scratch your head at, like, that's why you hope it's a false positive right. of how – you know, if you're getting tested every day, and I thought I heard Frost talk about how on Friday before they traveled, they were going to get tested before they got on the plane and then tested again when they got to Columbus. So I have to assume that's kind of standard protocol where I, I, I got to think that Graham Mertz was tested on Friday twice and so you just start to kind of figure out, okay, if this was a, this is he really does have COVID? Like, when did he get it? And then, then the, you know the 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 shield of of daily testing kind of makes you go, well, wait a minute. This, I mean, what happened here? How did this happen? And so we'll we'll see what ends up happening. But yeah. yeah, it's it's just unfortunate for everybody, even for Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska wants to Nebraska wants to get off the the knock off the losing streak to Wisconsin and you want to do it again. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Do you, you want, is it nice to catch breaks? Sure. But you want to beat a team at full strength. You know what I mean? That's what you want to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, because if you do, if you beat them without Graham Mertz, then it's the asterisk of, well, they didn't have their starting quarterback. Like, right. okay, okay. Well,
1: okay. okay. All right. That's I mean, fine.
2: I, you know, that's kind of the deal. Um, but yeah, we, in Wisconsin has had false positives recently with the antigen stuff. So, you hope Again, you hope that that's the case. But, again, the Big Ten went into this saying, okay, fine. If we're going to play, since there was a lot of hesitancy from presidents, if we're going to play, then we're going to make dang sure that no one gets sick or hospitalized on our watch with the heart stuff, which was the main cause of us wanting to postpone this thing in the first place. Right. And so they said, fine, it's going to be 21 days, which will give the, uh, the heart – EKG, all all those things, time to get those evaluations, because I would rather lose games than lose lives, and that's how we're going to do this thing, so if you want football, you're going to do it, but it's going to be with these stipulations, but when the CDC says 14 days, the Big Ten is saying 21 days, this could easily happen in Nebraska, you know, and it's like, it's so easy to say, oh, Graham Mertz, well, gosh, that's... that's the rules, man, you know? Right. Look, Look in the mirror, it could easily happen in Nebraska, and so... Again, by the time this posts, it could be a false positive. And if it's not, then obviously this will live on and be evergreen and, and be good to go. Well, um, yeah. I mean, but, it's just uh, you give it – and
1: know. then even with the with all the players that won't be available for Nebraska in the secondary in the first half, it's going to be like back to pass incomplete. And that guy was wide out. Like, no one's Nebraska can't cover anybody. <laughs> Wisconsin didn't have anybody that could hit the broadside of a barn. Take the undead. Ye- if
2: I was Scott Frost, I would have said, "Look, if we're going to hit hard, we're going to do it in the last two minutes of the first half."
1: Right. Yeah. You know, at the, if there was a two-minute warning or something like that at the end of the first half, like, "All right, guys, if you're going to if you're going to decapitate somebody, now's the time." All right. Okay, go get them because
2: because it is Ohio State. Let's be honest; it's probably not going to go our way in the second half. So let's just go out fighting and swinging and hitting hard with our helmets. Let's, let's missile go.
1: team missile. Just just launch heads at people here.
2: Because the problem is, you you get that. Penalty in the third quarter, you essentially miss an entire football game.
1: He's out for the football game,
2: which is horrible. <laughs> you get Taylor Britt and you get uh, Williams out. And that's a bummer. That's uh, yes. that's a bummer. It's a bummer for Nebraska. Uh, where do you no want to begin,
1: than... brother? Do you want to uh, get
2: into that? I, I want to give a just an overarching, overarching thought here Ooh. for Nebraska. I, like I want to do one. One minutia and then one overarching arch- thing. Oh, I said arcing and arching. One of them's right. And one of them's wrong. <laughs> um,
1: Do I know first- which one's right
2: and which one's wrong? I don't. I don't. I, re- I report. You decide. Yes. <laughs> um, the first drive of Nebraska was one of the more emphatic drives to open a season, let alone a game, that if you're a Nebraska fan, you probably tore open your shirt. If you were if you were debating about chest paint, you poured it on at that at that very moment, and you ran around the house and you probably started planning 72nd Dodge parties. Yes, would you, you not? You know, with masks and social distancing, of course, of course, yeah. But that was as emphatic, and surprising, and awesome a drive, a chest pounding drive. So that was my one minutiae, one, like, just want to comment on that one thing. The overarching thought is that if you are a Nebraska fan, I don't know how you feel anything but encouraged. And I hate to say that because of what the Nebraska football program stands for. And again, like Josh said, you obviously don't understand Nebraska football, then, if that's what you're... You obviously don't understand Nebraska football. Like, if Josh the Clown could be with us now, and I'm talking about how great it is to get hammered... What what would happen to his blood? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Josh. What what would it be? My Husker blood is boiling right right, right now. Josh. All right. Husker blood is
1: boiling.
2: Color. Uh, I would feel very, very encouraged if I were a Nebraska fan, cautiously encouraged, not hanging my hat on, hey, we're we're back, and this is going to be good in three years. Nothing's guaranteed, and I don't necessarily feel that way. But I think, you know, last year's team is down 35-7 at the half, Mm -hmm. right? I I just just feel that way in watching it. Uh, Nebraska knew it had to get breaks. Instead, it gave Ohio State multiple breaks ball on the ground, ball on the ground, targeting, targeting, just certain things that just did not go their way. But I think all that being said, I thought they acquitted themselves very well, had a chance to take the lead going into the locker room. And if you would have told Scott Frost, it's going to be this score, five minutes gone in the third, he would have taken it eight days a week. Totally. And then the rest of the game didn't go that well. And that's kind of the way it goes. in you know, week one against a national championship contender and, and here they are. Yeah. So I will. I will cede the floor to you. Well, I, did, no, I, did right. fe- I did not feel. I did not feel. I tried. You. I tried to get. I tried to get a vibe from my wife. I know she's upset because, you know, they lost and they got blown out at the end. But it wasn't like a boat racing. No. It just didn't. It just didn't that's feel that I, way. It just got, a, away yes. got away from them. Yes,
1: I, I think that's what's so. I was watching the. I think it was in the Indiana Penn State game. They had the Fox Sports One ticker, and for like one of their big ones, it was like Ohio State wallops Nebraska, and I'm like. Eh, I mean, y- yeah, like final score, can't argue it. But if you watched it, not really. I mean, I turned to my brother before the game started, and I was like, Nebraska's going to get dismantled. And then McCaffrey breaks off the long run, and then Martinez scores. And I'm like, Nebraska can win this game. I'm telling you. you know, Nebraska it's like, can win the football game. They're going to win a football game. But just... The the score at halftime was twenty-four to fourteen. And almost everybody was probably every Husker fan was like kind of upset about it based on how the, the first half went. And how many Husker fans would have taken twenty-four fourteen before the game started at halftime? Like right. all of them. And one of the one of the things that's nice about being able to do a like what we're doing here, recapping the game, being able to sleep on it, and then I rewatched the game this morning. And I'm telling you, Matt. I, I felt like watching it, my my thought was, boy, Nebraska played pretty darn good in the first half and had opportunities, man, to really seize control. Shit, they didn't even play that good. Mm. You Rewatching the game, they had so many self-inflicted, totally in their control mistakes and issues that – made it so I mean they were let's let's be honest. They were never gonna win that game, right? It just they were never gonna win the game. But I couldn't believe going through the the first half, how many moments where you're like, man, that was an unfortunate break, or boy, if Nebraska doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, like just running through a field like Nebraska's defense on the first drive, they got Ohio State to fourth and five. And I mean, could have got off the field on fourth down, didn't. Nebraska's second drive of the game, they get a false start from a walk-on wide receiver, so they go from second and one to seven and second and six, which changes everything, and they have to punt. Uh, you know, th- there was on the third drive for Nebraska, Martinez has equipment issues. and has to go to the sidelines, so Luke McCaffrey has to come in the game. Luke fumbles the snap on second down, which gets them into third and long. Uh, and then we obviously know all about what happened at the end of the first half with the delay of game coming out of the kickoff and then you know, the flag on the the face defensive face mask on the on the special teams? So I, I guess what I'm saying is the thing that's incredible is Nebraska was right there. I didn't in the, at the end of the first half they didn't even really play all that great, which is really encouraging considering the opponent, but it's also frustrating because it's also the there's the other side of this coin. It's also the same old Nebraska, right? It's the mm-hmm. same old Nebraska that just can't seem to get out of their way. But I'm totally with you. I don't know how you couldn't walk away from that game and and not feel wildly encouraged about the rest of the season. Because if you think back to what those two teams looked like on in Lincoln last September or whatever game day was was in Lincoln a year ago, and then contrast it with what you saw. Uh, in Columbus this past Saturday, totally, totally, completely different. When Nebraska is out-talented,
2: usually it ends you. It, the game ends with you feeling hopeless about the program, and it certainly didn't feel that way. No, yeah, it didn't feel that way at all during the game. I mean there wasn't there wasn't a lot of you know busted assignments or. You know, running back with no def- no defensive players in the picture on the screen. You right. know things that you've grown accustomed to in the past. You know the the, the turnovers are obviously going to be a, a huge deal. But that was a that was a forty five seventeen game. You take out that last touchdown, it's forty five seventeen, and in all reality, should have been no worse than forty five twenty four ish. Type of thing. And I, you know, going into it, I would have definitely taken Nebraska plus 26 and a half and I would have been wrong, but I would have felt like I was right. Yes. I would have felt like I was on the right side Agreed. of that watching watching that game. And so, yeah, the delay game at the start of that, that one drive, it's like, what, you know, how does that, how? you know, s- something like that happen? Like uh, we were doing, uh, I missed the first half, so I had to go back and rewatch it because I was coaching my son's Little League game. And I use this analogy because it's what it's what happened. Like, we're playing a good team in this Little League baseball game. It's ages 9 and 10. I'm coaching my son's team. And this other team's pretty good hitters. Pop fly to pop up to our first baseman. Doesn't go back for the ball. Drops right behind him. Another one. Throw a, a put out at second base. Kid drops the ball. They get another free out. They had about five or six free outs. And it's a good hitting team. If you're going to give a a team that could be considered better – Free opportunities—you have zero chance to be competitive in that game, and so that's what—that's what this is. I, I agree that the margin for error—I've said it, we've said it before—and it's true, and it's true when you play Ohio State, no matter who's playing Ohio State, your margin for error is slim. It's not just Nebraska; it's everyone playing Ohio State. And I think what you're going to find is, as the season goes on, you're going to start feeling even better about the way Nebraska played in that game. Yes, because you're going to see Ohio State next week against Penn State, and, and you might see Ohio State jump out to a big lead. You go, well, that didn't happen to us, right? You know, and and I think there'll be different aspects of that as Ohio State, and I think they're going to run the table. They're just so much better than everybody that they're going to play, but that you can hang your hat on that as as a Nebraska fan. I just yeah. and I again, it's it's tough to have to say that but there was nothing hopeless about the game and i think that's a that's a great thing
1: yeah i mean that that's the that's the reality of how good ohio state is you know where in a in a short amount of time in like 10 minutes of real game time nebraska went from down 17 to 14 feeling like they were right there to 38 to 14 i mean there was 21 there were 21 points like that because nebraska made a few little tiny mistakes and when you do that against great teams they they totally make you pay but I, i'm i'm completely with you i just it, especially the other thing in rewatching the game and and feeling encouraged i don't know how you couldn't watch that game and think like nebraska's offensive line was like moving ohio state's defensive line and mm-hmm. ohio state couldn't really consistently run the ball on nebraska and for sure, ne- arguably Nebraska's biggest, basically Nebraska's biggest question marks, lied on their D line and their linebackers. And Nebraska, for the most part, in terms of just rush defense, was through one game looked pretty good. So yeah, you just you go down the line, there are a lot of encouraging things. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of issues too. I mean the the wide receiver situation is is concerning. Um, I guess what do you what did you make? What did you think of the Martinez McCaffrey and how they using both of them on the field and and having them both out there? What did you think of that?
2: Predictable, and as long as they're good with it, I'm good with it. Yeah, uh, and I'm and and by that I mean as long as it's not causing issues that impact performance, I'm great with it. Uh, I think I think you would agree. We talked about that, and it just felt like that was going to happen. Martinez was going to start. Luke would have packages or times where he would come in. It's weird. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird to have your starting quarterback be subbed out uh, a few times for separate packages, but I love the fact that you get McCaffrey on the field. Frost said after the game, those guys are two of our best players on the team. So I give credit to any coach who's willing to risk whatever hurt feelings that might be. This is big boy football to say, sorry, we need to have these guys on the field. And if it hurts your feelings, that's too bad because guess what? He's going to help us win. And it's apparent that Luke McCaffrey is going to help this team win in some way.
1: Yeah, because I'm with you from the standpoint of like if you if you view it just from Nebraska's skill position and just overall weaponry offensively, not great, right? And I'm, I'm when you put a pen to paper and you start start writing down best offensive players or most dangerous players, two of the first probably three or four names you're writing are Martinez and McCaffrey, so. Don't outthink yourself. Find a way to get those guys on the field. But if I had to be, the only thing I get worried about is how much are you detracting from your offensive system being fully implemented and fully utilized when you're having both those guys on the field? And how much does having McCaffrey on the field take away from Diedrich Mills, and Wondell Robinson. Like, I think a part of it was they were having success with the quarterback run game, so they just stuck with it. But, I mean, Mills only had nine carries and only five in the first half, and Wondell Robinson had six touches for the game. Wondell Robinson is probably your best player. If you would have told me before the game, Wondell Robinson's going to touch the ball six times, I would have said, oh, boy. And so if I, had to, if I had to kind of play pessimistic, Nick, I just wonder mm-hmm. – I wonder can you – because on one hand, it's true. Like, these are two of your best players. Get them on the field. But on the other hand, like, is there a lot of diminishing return for the totality of the offense and maybe even some other guys by having them both on the field? You know what I mean? I
2: think it's almost similar to the way that having Taysom Hill on the field takes away from Alvin Kamara. Yeah. It takes away from Michael Thomas because you kind of know what he's on the field to do. And it's about his athleticism. He's not really there to fire passes and to kind of be that typical signal caller. He's there as a changeup. And I and I think the word changeup is appropriate because I think going up against Ohio State, you have to do those types of things to throw curveballs, change up at a team like Ohio State when you're out talented. It will be interesting to see how they use him in games where they have equal to or better talent. Then the opposition, I don't know how many games there'll be in that, but I think it just gives you another wrinkle. I'm with you in that, yeah, it it takes that away, but at the same time, if he's, you know, a great, if if he's your best athlete or one of your best athletes, I can't argue with it. I would say, though, that I would be shocked if they didn't wrinkle the wrinkles a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think
1: we're only scratching the surface. I mean, I'm right, waiting for right. the – I feel like we're scratching the surface on what you can do. I mean, you have a – we didn't see any halfback passes. We didn't see – you know what I mean? Like, that stuff has to be there. And that's the thing that, on one hand, you probably had the element of surprise working for you. I mean, let's be honest, the first long run for McCaffrey, I mean, when he motioned into the backfield, you thought, whoa, what? Like, what is this? And you better believe if we were thinking that, Ohio State was thinking, What? You know, and they run that counter, and he, and they 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 went back to it later in the first half, and it got stuffed. So you wonder. I'll be interested to see after ha- seeing some of the stuff on tape, what that looks like from on Saturday against Wisconsin. But like you said, I think now you're going to see more wrinkles upon the wrinkles. So, but so it's weird. I I wonder about. It's just so unconventional that maybe it's on me to get used to it. You know, because I was thinking about it. I feel like I could. Uh, right now, we're looking at each other through Facetime. I feel like I can look you in the eye and say, "Luke McCaffrey's maybe the best runner of the football on the team," yeah. and if he's the best, if he's the best and most dynamic runner, it probably behooves you to get that guy t- ten to fifteen carries a game. Yeah, I mean he's
2: he's your Dejic Mills, he's your Wondell Robinson. He's a lot. He's a lot of what those guys are and what they can be because he's. He's just a great athlete who can do that. I mean, it was obvious when Scott Frost was talking leading up to the season, like, we're going to find a way to get him on the field doing something, Right. but you don't want him on the field to be predictable, right? Like, you don't want it to be, okay, we know what's happening here because of this, and that's why Scott Frost gets paid a lot of money to think in this chess move three steps ahead to try and keep defenses on their heels when he's on the field but I there there is something exciting about him being on the field
1: oh man! right yes. and if
2: you're feeling that as a fan I can't imagine what it's like in the huddle when you're like okay here we go something special might happen here and I just wonder what goes on in Adrian Martinez's head right
1: yeah and, and I wonder what goes on even in in Wondell Robinson's head or in right. Dedrick Mills's right. head you know like right. Right. Th- this is just th- this is just the reality of How things work on a team, where you can be the most unselfish person, but have selfish thoughts. And it's on you to maybe try to get over some of those thoughts because, I mean, I can't imagine Mills left that game feeling good about his involvement. And I can't imagine Juan Dale left that game feeling like he was good about his involvement. And so, in the midst, I just, I just, I'm just, for looking, I don't know what I think really, but I just I wonder, looking into the crystal ball here down the road, what what all that looks like by set, by going, man, we got to find a way to get Luke McCaffrey on the field. Are you sacrificing a few other things by having him on the field, and does does that outweigh the positives that he brings? All questions that are going to be interesting to see how how it plays out.
2: And I also think knowing that Ohio State has what they have defensively that the last thing you want to do is, you know, give Wandale Robinson 12 to 15 touches <laughs> yeah, and right. get, banged get banged up banged when up. you've got winnable games coming up, you know,
1: yeah. like and I don't, I don't mind either. I've always been quarterback, r- quarterback run plays are safe plays. They're yeah. effective. Like if, if that's, if that's going to be a staple, unless surprise, you're fumbling the football, unless you're, right. you're fumbling. Yeah. Other than that, other than that issue. But <laughs> If that's going to be a big part of Nebraska's offense, just a boatload of quarterback draw, zone read, just like I like that. I, I like it a lot. If you're a receiver, you don't. You're it, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so, I don't know. I mean, that's where it's used You wonder if you're Wondell Robinson. Like, some of those touches, I mean, they. you know who they used to trot back there at running back last year? Wondell Robinson. It's interesting that you say that because this, if you go back two
2: years ago to what this offense was, with Adrian Martinez, and what you thought it could be two years from now, you would not look at this office and go, yep, that's what I thought.
1: And that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, And that's why I don't know what I'm – I'm just thinking this yeah. out. Like, we, we do this in sports sometimes. Like, you you have to have a thought and stick with it forever right, right now. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I think of it because I just – I'm totally with you. Like, is this what you envisioned everything to look like?
2: Like two. Martinez was a recruitable piece. I want to play with this guy, right? And now he's now it's not necessarily that he's almost a complimentary. He's not a complimentary piece. He's the quarterback at Nebraska, but it's just different. It's a different feel than what you thought. Like two well, years ago, you said two years from now this offense is going to be X, Y, and Z, and it's really not. It's, it's not. It's, well, it, and, and it's the, really changed.
1: And the biggest reason why is Nebraska has. Up until this point, and I say, and up until this point includes the first game of this year. It can change moving forward. Up until this point, Nebraska has whiffed on wide receiver recruiting and wide receiver development. When you're having to trot out for your starting wide receivers in year three, Cade Warner, South Dakota State transfer, Levi Fallick, uh, some the guy that got the false start on second and one, Lure, L I. E-W-R, I've never even heard. When when those are your wide receivers, Matt, you got a problem. You know, Omar Manning, where are you? Marcus Fleming, where are you? Alante Brown, where are you? Xavier Betts, where are you? Jamie Nance, Demario Houston, where where are these JD, guys?
2: JD Spielman.
1: JD Spielman. JD Spielman's in Fort Worth, Texas. Like <laughs> I, I said this to Bo earlier today, and here's what's scary: through one game, I feel like I I can say Nebraska's wide receivers were better last year. And that's a problem because you could, a lot of people said the biggest issue with last year's offense was bad wide receivers. And so when you don't have anybody that can extend the field, take the top off a defense, get open. Now, again, we have to take it with a grain of salt who you're playing against. But when you don't have that, you maybe do got to get gimmicky and gadgety and bring in and Luke McCaffrey and do a lot of those things because we ain't you ain't going to just throw it down the field to anybody yeah. right now.
2: And if Omar Manning is not I mean if if he's not available this the, you're right I mean you go down the list you know what's Alonte Brown going to be? What's Tomp, Tompkins Tompkins however yeah. you want to call it going to be and you don't get Nebraska doesn't
1: get anything out of their tight ends anymore.
2: Yeah. And I, so Yeah,
1: you I mean you it's just it's been fr- it's been yeah. Anytime they've gone to the JUCO route, it hasn't worked out. they got Greg Bell in year one, number one JUCO running back, guy transfers after like three later. or four games. Uh, Jeron Woodyard was one of the top JUCO wide receivers. He's a track guy, never did a dang thing. Now you get Omar Manning. I, he didn't even make the trip. Y- he was your prize jewel, number one JUCO wide receiver. You know, and th- you then to throw another guy in there, it's not JUCO, but Maurice Washington. Maurice Washington was supposed to be a huge, dynamic, electric Game breaking, game changing, skill guy that you could put him at running back. Uh, two years ago at Wisconsin, they split him out at wide receiver. He is no longer with the program. A bit. Let's be honest. Nebraska's program under Scott Frost is going to sink or swim with its offense. And in order for your offense to really peak, you need multiple skill guys. I mean, look at Ohio State. I mean, I know it's not at, but like they have just weapons all over the place.
2: And in what college football and football as a whole is and is turning into is if you don't score 35 points a game, (laughs) you don't stand a chance. You
1: don't have a prayer. And that goes for Bama, Clemson. You, you don't, you're not going to win.
2: Bama couldn't stop Ole Miss. Right. Right. Defensively. And that's Alabama. And so, The concerns about Nebraska's defense, it's like, as long as you're not blowing coverage, we'll take it type of thing, right? As long as you're playing assignment sound, we'll take whatever happens. We just got to score 35, 40 points for Nebraska. And yes, you're right. Things have gotten to the point where you have a quarterback filling roles that receivers should be filling, that running back should be filling. You just don't have the personnel. You go to the Ohio State side. Garrett Wilson is going to be a star. Yeah. Chris Olave was like a diamond in the rough, but a fairly highly rated right. player, too. Julian Fleming is a five star who caught one pass. He's going to be a star. And the Jackson Smith Jigba who makes that catch, toe taps, it's something straight out of the matrix. Yes. And you look at Nebraska and you go, we don't have
1: anyone who could toe tap regularly. Oh, without you, the ninja. Yeah, it's yeah, you. Can, but I mean, seriously, Nebraska threw the ball down the field one time that game, and it was right. to Vogelack, the tight end, and it almost got intercepted. And so, I don't want to get like. There's overall like everything we just said up until this point is true. Like there were a lot of positive things, and I don't know how you couldn't leave feeling encouraged. But that does, Nebraska still did lose fifty-two to seventeen, and they still are a team that has a lot of issues. And I just I look at the weaponry offensively, and I think it's severely lacking on the perimeter at the wide receivers. And I wonder, and I think Frost is having to get creative in trying to mask that and I wonder what all that ultimately looks like. We need to be talking about in a couple of weeks, chick, one of those wide receivers waking up. Like we need to be talking yeah. in a couple of weeks yeah. like, hey man, how about how about at Northwestern? How about Alante Brown having 5 catches, 82 yards and a touchdown, you know? We need to be talking about one of those guys cuz if if we if if there's nobody that steps up in that wide receiver room, Puts an awful lot of pressure on your quarterbacks to run the ball.
2: And Frost said after the game, you know, you play a team like this, eventually you want to get to a point where you have upperclassmen leaders looking the other team in the eye going, we got this, we're going to take this. And you look at their roster and guys that are contributing, you don't have a lot, you don't have those guys. So it's almost like you're in year three, but in like what he needs and what he wants, it's like year one and a half. Mm Mm-hmm and that's not a very comfortable spot to be so but all that being said you have all of that and you almost had to lean in the, at halftime that's it right? so that's what's so, so
1: amazing about this like all the th- that's what i'm saying like all the things we just said about the lack of, of weapons and then you just if you go back and rewatch that first half you're going to realize nebraska shot themselves in the foot a million times and they had the ball down 3 with 3 minutes left and threw up on themselves for the next Final three minutes, and then the first two drives of the second half, and before you know it, it's thirty-eight to fourteen. You know, and so two things can be true at once. You know, you you, you sit there and you are like, man, this is encouraging, but you know, until Nebraska, until Nebraska gets loaded with talent, they got to be off the charts at details, minimizing self-inflicted wounds. You are never going to have a perfect game and a perfect team, but man, you you cannot especially against Ohio State, but even this weekend against Wisconsin and then Northwestern and then go on down the line – you cannot be a team that is undisciplined and, and making self-inflicted wounds all over the place because Nebraska doesn't have the talent to overcome any of that stuff.
2: And by the way, uh, Wisconsin did, as we were recording, did release the statement saying that they're not going to release any information about who tested positive and whatnot, but did mention Confirm. what the protocols are. Okay, and then said there was no one who tested positive on Friday that played in the game Friday night. So this was a test that came back positive Saturday or Sunday, which would lead you to believe maybe there is a chance. Maybe there is a chance that it is a a false positive, but they're going to wait to confirm that obviously tomorrow. And once that happens, then he's in Jeff Brom territory uh, and more so. 21 days versus the 10. So uh, we'll see what happens with um, Graham Mertz moving forward. Um, Before we wrap up here, what what was something that you were looking forward to going into this Husker football season?
1: Something that I was looking forward to?
2: With this show.
1: Oh, I mean, I don't think there's any question that when I woke up today and I rolled out of bed, the first thing I thought about was Scotch Frost. All right, boys, let's hit it.
2: After games, coaches get drunk on emotion. Uzbekistan.
0: Coach Frost is no different. In the Big 12, uh, excuse me, Big 10. The Chicken Nick Show presents another
2: edition of Scotch <laughs> it's Scotch Frost perfect with Christopher perfect. Cross, introing. All right, let's see we what we got. Here. This is so Sorry, Scott. This is uh, Scotch <laughs> Scotch Frost on just what it takes to uh, to beat a team like that. Uh, to beat a to beat a
0: team and to, and to take uh kind of take control of the league and your destiny and be able to win those games you you need some veteran guys that are able to um look those type of teams in the eye and and go out and whip them and i think we got a lot of guys that are are ready to do that and we need some more Whip I them. love to go out and whip. Look them. Look those type of teams in the eye and and go out and whip them.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite thing I've All heard right. a long time. Whip Might have to
2: redo the intro and include <sighs> go out and whip them. And go out and whip them. <laughs> All right. All right. So drunk. All right. Uh, let's see. Scotch Frost continues here with... Uh, what about the targeting calls, he was asked here? God, I know you can't comment on the calls directly, maybe, but just the rule in general about Deontay and Cam having to sit out the next half, is there a way that could be revisited by the league? Of Berlin, or what do you know on
0: that? I have no idea, and, I, and I'm not going to say anything now other than on the field, it looked to me like Deontay hit him in the chest with his <laughs> shoulder, but... Um, <laughs> You know that—that's just me seeing it live in 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 the uh, stadium, big screen. So, um, hopefully, we can have some discussions about that. We'll see where that goes. We got—we got to—we got we to play smart as a team, and and uh, you know the the other one certainly wasn't violent, but it it was a dumb play, and and we need to fix those things.
1: (laughs) Wow. He's great. He's great drunk, isn't he? I didn't know this would happen.
0: Hopefully, we can have some discussions about that. We'll see where that goes.
1: Discussions. The most drunk-uttering discussions ever.
2: (laughs) All right. All right. Let's see here. All right, uh, I got one more here, yeah, and then okay. we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, this is uh, Sean Callahan about just, you know, the game getting away from you a little bit. Coach,
1: obviously it uh, didn't go the way you guys wanted, but what what did you like about your team's performance today, and, and how did things kind of get away from you guys there in the third, fourth
0: quarter? Uh, I, thought, I thought we did a lot of good things, um, and, you know, I – Unfortunately, some of the things that uh, led to the game getting out of hand were self-inflicted things that we can fix. Um, you know, we we had too many penalties. They didn't have hardly any. Um, we turned the ball over a couple times with the quarterback running. Um, you know, we got... We got them in a couple second and really longs and and gave up first downs on third and 14s. We get we can we
2: can fix a lot of those things as a group. Okay, all right, uh, all right. right. One more, and this was my. It was a great exchange, but it's even more great even more great with a uh, with a Scotch Frost here. It's Mitch Sherman asking a question. Scott, you talked uh, late in the week about being interested to see how your guys would respond when Ohio State hit them in the mouth a little bit, and you know that moment kind of came at the very end of the first half. Um, how do you how do you address that? How do you you know what's your, what's your response to the way that that um, those few minutes?
0: Yeah, I think it have I think it happened I think it happened before that. It was. Uh, are you by yourself?
2: I'm sitting in the press box.
0: Uh by yourself. I
2: don't know, there's a uh, I don't know twenty, thirty of us
0: up here. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. I see. Uh, <laughs> I thought they, you know, th- that happened earlier <laughs> than er- than late second quarter. Uh, I thought that happened in the first and early second quarter, and I thought our guys responded really well. <laughs> All
2: right. Okay. Oh, wow. Me, I just, Are I just you... want to go back you <laughs> that part there. That's
1: unbelievable.
2: <laughs> the Mitch Sherman
0: here. Are you by yourself?
2: I'm sitting in the press box. Yeah.
0: Uh, by yourself. <laughs> That's a coach oh, that Chick. was in
2: a—he was in a good mood.
1: Are well, you
0: by yourself?
1: I think if you're Mitch Sherman, you got to take great comfort in like, even after a loss, Frost was concerned about Mitch Sherman's whereabouts <laughs> he and does. if he was lonely. Mitch, I'll come up. And we'll hang together, bro. Hey, are you yeah, by you yourself? There's room for you with me. You don't got to be by yourself. Come with me, man. I you go. Take you out. Like that's pretty much what it felt like. You sitting by yourself like a hammered guy to bar being like hey man you sitting by yourself you can sit Are you me.
0: by yourself? You, can, you
1: can Come over here man. Sit by sim sit with me. That's-
2: by yourself? <laughs> oh man. Well, Scotch Frost is uh is here to stay. I don't I know how it. often we'll do it, but it was uh I think we just needed a little bit of that uh, to get through <sighs> This oh, Monday good. and uh, like this that. week, and uh, we'll see if Nebraska can get to one-and-one uh, one yeah. here. Uh, let's just assume Graham Mertz plays. Yep. Let's let's go into the assumption Graham Mertz plays, because before the season, I believe they would lose to Ohio State and beat Wisconsin. I will stay there and say they will beat Wisconsin. I'm talking like Scotch Frost. I feel like I'm
1: drunk right now.
2: I feel like they're going to beat with Scotch. Are you by yourself? Hey,
1: man, I think the Badgers are okay. Isn't that great? (laughs) I I know. I feel like I'm drunk right now. Okay, I got to shake it out. (laughs) Okay. I'm okay.
2: I think think Nebraska uh, wins the game if they don't long season ahead. uh, I'll say they win this game. And uh, with Graham Mertz uh, playing, and I will say it's twenty-four twenty.
1: I think they're going to win. I think Nebraska's going to win the game. Um, I think, you know, even if Graham Mertz plays, I'm not ready to – I mean, he looked great against, uh, against Illinois. I think some of that is Illinois. Just like I think some of Nebraska's past defense and getting all concerned, some of that's also Ohio State. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin, how they play is they want to run the ball, and they didn't really run the ball great against Illinois. Uh, I feel good about I I saw a lot of encouraging things from Nebraska against Ohio State. I think Nebraska's going to win. I think Nebraska's going to win. I'll say, uh, I think they're going to win 28 17. 28
2: 17? Whoa. I think
1: they're going to wax. They're fannies, Doc!
2: You're gonna... <laughs> and your prediction is... And your
0: question is...
1: <laughs> well,
2: my my Fanny prediction wax. is that I think, I think Wisconsin's going to get their fannies whacked. I told them we just got our fannies whacked. Oh,
1: right. So much saliva in Bill Smith Very good. Mouth. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, uh, we're done. This was our first uh, game week, uh, I guess, recap. Yeah. Which is good. This has been it's good. fun. And, I enjoyed and, uh, this. Yeah. By the way, uh, continue to... Uh, you can email us, laugh at com. You can... Uh, subscribe, rate, review on the Apple Podcasts or Spotify wherever you find Here your podcast. If you ever have trouble with those, feel free to not email us and let us know. <laughs> and have fun! Find the T-shirts at Triple B Printing. That's BBB Printing. Get your shick uh, and Nick Show T-shirts. And uh, unfortunately, Nebraska lost. And this podcast. Shik and Nick, and
1: Nick, the shick and Nick Show. Here we go.
0: Are you by yourself?